Hello, welcome to the Life Done Differently podcast with me, Neil Whitten, and my co-host Ray Richards. Join us on our journey to find out what separates the doers from the thinkers. Hello, hello. Welcome to part two of our conversation with Junior Smart. If you haven't listened to part one, I suggest you do that first. Part one takes us to the point where Junior is just about to be sent to prison for what turned out to be a 12-year sentence. This is part two, where Junior describes the shock of prison, the meanness and the compassion of both prison staff and inmates. He describes his journey from being scared to being respected Uh, from someone who went with the flow to someone who swam against it and ended up with an OBE as a result. I've enjoyed every conversation we've had on this podcast, but these two conversations with Junior have remained in my mind longer than any others. And I, I think that's happened because I am simply blown away by the speed at which Junior was able to use prison as his turning point. I've thought about his journey in so many different ways. And every time I end up thinking about his ability to build bridges when others were building walls. And that's what leaders do. Junior's a leader. Enjoy. Junior Smart OBE Leader. Because I remember also you saying you just had no idea what was coming next. No no kind of comprehension of of what, what was coming next. So... So tell us a bit about how how that started to play out, like the next days and weeks. Oh, man. Like, well, the first thing to say is that even though my heart was in the right place, unfortunately, life doesn't say, okay, but now you've decided, oh, that now you've just decided to turn your life around. Boom, don't worry, there's the doors. They're all open for you. It was a freaking nightmare. And I remember, so like that, that, the seed had landed, right? But I still, I still went to hide. I can, can I, can I say the name of the prison? I will. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, it's, it's not hidden. I went. They took me to High Down Prison, um, and freaking. I'm, I'll be honest with you. Oh my gosh! Like I don't even understand how people can ever say the prison is is easy. We, we, you go down there in some sweat box. It's tiny. Honestly, it's like a tiny little. There's like loads of cubicles on this van. You, you, you're carried down there, you're handcuffed, yeah? You're led onto the van, you go up through the van, you, you have to stick your hands out through the door, they get they take the handcuffs off of you and then they shut the door and you're in this plastic, it's like where I'm sitting right now, but it's not a seat, like it's, it's a plastic little stool and there's there's loads of you on this on this van and there's, 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 there's seats on the left and seats on the right, yeah? Yeah. And then let me down to yeah, so it's it's a sweat box. Let me down to high down prison, gate after gate after gate. I'd never been to prison before in my life. Yeah. I'd been arrested, I've been bailed. Um there's but there's a diff there's there's a prison, there's the prison that people might have in their mind from what mm. they think they see. I can tell you nothing prepares you for the reality. And my first wake up, oh massive. Let me just lead you through what happened so we're all in some tiny room like the size of this little shed but it's not that it's like a plaque and we're all sitting there yeah loads of us and as you walk in everyone's looking at each other like who's going to be the next victim who's going to be the next what are you here for all of that stuff and that's all happening but no words just looks and body language and everything 
and then, and then occasionally someone speaks and they're either told to shut up by someone that's bigger in the group or you've got the big I am or maybe you've got some person that's clucking on drugs and he's coming on a come down. That's all happening in one space. And we're all told there and we're being called out one by one and the process is taking forever. If you, your name gets called, you're gone for like 15, 30 minutes and then you might not come back into the room. And all that happened was, you imagine there's a guy behind the counter, you've got this, I don't know why they always try and have a good looking girl, like the good looking girls end up working for the, but she's standing and I'm, my name's being called and I'm led out, my hands are handcuffed. Now all that happened was the reason that the, the girl had her hands on the desk, on the counter, now, now, why would I think that I cannot have my hands on the counter? My hands are handcuffed. And so my hands are like this. And for a moment, they touched the counter. And would you believe what happened? This guy, this freaking guy who's probably been oppressed all his life, been bullied or whatever by somebody who looks at him, he shouts me, do not let your fucking hands go on that table. He gets up from around, from around the desk it's small, it's quite small, <laughs> but he comes round in front of me and he's got some freaking thing. He wants to freaking trigger me. He said to me, why did you put your hands on the desk? And I'm like, right, like, well, the girl had her hands on the desk. No, she's a member of society. You are no longer a member of society. You are scum. Do you understand me? Do you fucking understand me? Yeah, and at that point, boom, like, it's like, okay, now, like, I know, like, it's a different thing. You think that's how it, you think that was the end of it? No. After my name, they got my name. You see this ring? This is my mum's ring. She gave it to me just before she died, yeah? The only ring, the only finger it fits on is my wedding band ring. But don't worry, I've got that sorted. Me and my partner, I'm going to get, like, we're going to start 2021 in a, in a really good way. Oh, <laughs> really well trust me just because you're are you doing that just because your ring doesn't fit another finger or are you doing <laughs> it because you wanted to do it anyway i want to do it anyway oh that's good there's never a good time is there <laughs> that's very true yeah. i waited like can't wait for another year the vaccine ain't coming this time <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna have to find a way of doing it but and um, and, and anyway. can i just ask you a question about that prison officer is he oh. doing it because he's trying to make you understand the way things are going to be is he doing it because he's genu genuinely just a bit of a knob it, you know what's 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 going on you don't want to if i start speaking how i feel like if i told you the emotions i'm I've connected to if i started speaking how i feel the reality is you're going to stop thinking I'm a nice person. And I, I'm like, because in order for me to, I'd have to be completely professional and say, oh, this guy, you know, he's just having a hard day. He's been, no, there was loads of people like that. And it wasn't the first time I came, I'll tell you another time I came across this guy. But let me just get this thing out of my system. Like, what happened was when I got left behind after they got my details down and they ascertained who I was, under the gauge of them saying that I would be robbed and bullied for this ring, it was forcibly removed from my hand. Yeah. And then after that, you you know, I've never shown, I've never had to peel back my foreskin in front of another man. Um, but I had to do it in front of three men. 
and they they I had to bend over I was naked it was it was kind of like a really weird thing um yeah, yeah. like it's not a joke and that's a process that happens to this day like in, I've spoken to guys recently you know what every what really makes me laugh is everyone everyone inside tends to think oh yeah like no it's a joke they can ride it there's one experience that everyone knows about you know what I mean and it's it's yeah it is it's a sexual it's a freaking sexual violation I think so um and, and, and they're like, looking for I'm guessing they're, they're looking for drugs right they are and that's what I mean it's there's a process involved it's not like but at the end of the day, no, it's, it's freaking humiliating. I did come across that officer again. I'll tell you when I came across him. You've given 30 days. Now, this is how mad it is. This was way back in 2001, and I can recall it 19 years later. That You've given 30 days to get stuff sent, sent through, yeah? My sister missed out on getting me my Walkman to me by one day. She sent me through my Walkman, a cassette Walkman, and loads of batteries. And do you know what this freaking wanker did? He said to me that I could now have my batteries, but I couldn't have the cassette player. Yeah, and you know what happened? I went back to my ring. I was upset. I spoke to my personal officer, and he says to me that they've got a right to do that. There was nothing illegal. The rules are the rules. And that's what you've got to understand. That's how freaking oppressive it was now this is the thing like I could tell you wake up call after wake up call I could tell you that night when I I, I arrived there and I, I was after that violation I was you're given a bundle yeah they they try to flake things out in prison they know if they put you in the mainstream straight away loads of people will break so you're given a first night in so which is supposedly a nice place um, but the reality is it's a load of rubbish. Let's be honest. What what's that? Your first night in, in a cell in a prison cell is a bit like home. And then the following day you're in the rest of the thing with, with everybody else. Come on. It doesn't matter if it's one day, two days, you could give me six weeks in that place. And I'll be real with you. I I managed to get one phone call out um, and I cried. Every this, I'm not even joking. I can tell you this story, the realness of it is. And I saw this thing play out. Doesn't matter how hard it was. I, I went, there was a point in time when I was in prison and I was overlooking the same reception that I came in. And it, I, it doesn't matter how I've seen, and I used to see, and that's another thing. It wasn't just inmates I saw walking out off of the gate um, out of the prison vans, all like that, trying to put on a face. I saw the same thing with officers. You'd have mm. officers that pull up, they come from rubbish existences. This is the minimum pay job, yeah? And they walk through that, but by the time they come through the other gate, they're, big, they're like, like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm in control here. And it's the same thing you see with the inmates, yeah? And the, the thing I can honestly say, I can through from the Shawshank Redemption. I don't know if you've seen it, yeah, but yeah, yeah. the same night, the first night inside, yeah. You hear the walls freaking wailing. I'm not joking. Guys are freaking crying. If I wasn't the only one to cry my eyes out. Everyone, but most people, even the people that they haven't got much outside, they are bawling their freaking eyes out in that place. Uh, and what, what's what's the why? Why is why why are you cry? Why why are you why are you bawling your eyes out? What 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 is it? What's, what's... I, bet I effed up. I messed up so badly. I messed up so. Bad. I remember saying to my sister, "Oh my gosh, like 
I, I really effed up. Like I really messed up. My, my sister and the neighbour, the neighbour, because my sister had everyone around there like trying to, what's happened? Was that she having to piece together what's happened to her brother and pick out the pieces? There's a there's a, there's a brother there that she didn't even know. And now she's got the she's got police coming around trying to search the property. She's trying to sort out illegal. My God, I don't blame my that my sister hates me to this day. It doesn't matter what positive stuff he says. She's the one person that will not hesitate. She will not hesitate to remind me of the of the of what I put her through. I can't blame her. In the end, I had to go to it's be a person that said, right, I accept how she feels, but it doesn't mean I have to put up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it borders on, you know, it won't matter. You know, she didn't message me. Oh, congratulations on your OBE. No, my sister doesn't exist in that spectrum because her spe- was her life got her life just just hit the brick wall, and thanks to something that she wasn't even in control of. Because I wanted to be the big guy, I wanted to be the big man, and I wanted to, and her life just literally went bang. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't, you know, to fair play to her, she stuck by me that, you know, there wasn't enough reason to hate her. She stuck by me throughout all of those years. She never even asked me why I did what I did. But my gosh, when I landed, there was like, it was a different, it was a different, like, you know, she was sort of like, no, this is very, very serious. You know, we can't, we can't, like, that was a mistake that you, you know what I mean? My sister's very, very, like, very, very disciplined because she knew that. I could have easily have gone the other way, but I was that wasn't even in my mindset. But um, yeah, so that night on the phone, I'm calling my sister and I'm like, I'm so like, I, I, did, I don't even remember saying sorry. I just said like, I effed up, I screwed this one up. And it was the neighbor, this lady that knew me said like, no, you effed up, but everyone still loves you. And then I just cried some more. And like, yeah, in my cell, the guys in my cell, they just, they, they heard me. No one kicked off or anything, but I was inside. I was in so much turmoil. I was in a different world. Is there anyone there that, that at that stage that can help you? No. So in no. any way, so so other inmates, the, the 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 anyone in the system, just anyone. Is there no, any? Is there... So no, 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 no. And I and I don't want to paint it as that sort of kind of picture. But there was no one. There was hmm. absolutely nobody. And this thing, I'll tell you what happened. I see that same thing that happened with me. It happened to somebody else. So I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a prison listener, and there's this guy called Rancello. He's he's from Curacao, <laughs> and I remember because of how he used to say it. I didn't even know where Curacao was. Where's that? <laughs> I know I know I, the ends. I, I, I don't know, know, I know the drinks. I know the drink. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And he got he got well, he got a quarter of the time I did. I got twelve years. He got four. But I'm telling you, he sat on the bed with his two pictures of his children and he cried and cried and freaking cried two years. Like, because, you know, it's going to, and even less because they're going to deport him. But that was too long. And um, we was in a free man cell. This was in that time. I mean, prisons are very much overcrowded now um, as they were back then. But I was, um, there was a guy in the cell um, called Zach. He was from Manchester. He was in there for a gun offence. You had Roncello and you had me. And um, we got on all right. Um, Roncello was crying and I made the stupid mistake of sitting next to him. And because I remembered what I felt like and I just put my arm around him 
Were you that, how far how far in were you at that point, Junior? How long oh, had you been? Oh, sorry. Um, um, so like basically it took about so on in the history records it will show you I'm actually one of the people that have been held the longest. This was before the terrorism stuff came in and they could mm. keep people for a lot longer, but mine is definitely up there. So I think I'd been held on remand for about eight or nine months at that point. Okay. Um, and the reason why it's really, yeah, because when I got sent down, um, because I'd done a lot of time already on remand, obviously, but that the judges, they judges counter that. So they give you, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So I must have been in, I must have been in just, I mean, it was before or maybe just after I, I got sent down. So probably about a year yeah okay um, so you'd acclimatized a little bit or at least you could yeah. identify with what he was going through and so you you sat next to him what to give him some comfort yeah 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 put my oh. arm around him and Zach jumped down from the top bunk slapped me around the freaking face I was like what what are you doing what what, what, what what's happening what were you doing that for and he says I'm trying to protect you I'm trying to freaking protect you he said, in this place, you don't show any emotion. You don't do that, yeah? Do you know what I mean? Wow. And then I moved, like you said to me, and I moved freaking So, so just, uh, just, it, it, I mean, so, I suppose it's, you know, it's what we maybe imagine if we don't think the prison is like porridge, you know, and um, Ronnie Barker and all that, which it obviously isn't. But it sounds like when you were saying about the prisoners coming in because you were looking over reception and the guards coming in and they were sort of, they were, they were putting on their tough faces. You know, and, and, and that's what it was all about. Well, it sounds to me like it's just all about being tough and, and, and tough is not about showing your emotions or certainly yeah. not, not those emotions that you might associate with, um, I don't know the feminine side, and that, which if that I remember you talking, uh, you know, in, in when we spoke last time about to toxic masculinity, mm. uh, and that keeps that's been popping into my head a lot <laughs> recently. Um, yeah, so don't show your emotions. That that's what the message was. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. and the side effect is that it sounds like a, a, what 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 the system is encouraging of everybody who's participating is isolation in every respect. So you're isolated physically from the people that you love and you care about in your life, but you're also isolated mentally. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 mental. It's mental. Sorry. So the 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 process of you starting to um, find a way to live in that environment, you know, like to figure it out, to survive. What do you, how do you remember that unfolding? It, it was a, it was a difficult process. I don't, I know there's a, there's so much that can be said for the prison, for the prison environment and the prison estate. I know the things that get my back up the most are when they say, when I read the stuff and people say, oh, prison's easy, it's a joke. And the offenders want to be there. Like, so let's just pull apart some of the stuff. Like, so you are, it's a two pound, you get two pound 50 a week. And out of that, out of that two pound 50, 40p is taken away for your TV. So yeah, you do have TVs, but the cells aren't now magically bigger. I know you've got the new 
prison. What people go into, they see a YOI and they see a, a, a prison space a bit like this shared and they think, right, well, all prisons are like that. It's not. It's an 8 by 16. I can still map out the space. In that space is also a toilet. Obviously, you don't have slop out and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, you get £2.50 a week. That's just normal. And out of that, 40p comes out for your TV. Okay, you don't get PlayStations. You can buy PlayStation, what, PlayStation 2s or something, but you have to save up for that. If you go to education, training or employment, that £2.50 turns into £10. But, um, and you get canteen once a week, which means you can order. So you, what you do is you, you get these things underneath your door, sheets of paper, with a list of different stuff on it, and it can be packets of crisp and that. But the prices for everything that are on the outside are the same inside. You don't pay less because you're a serving prisoner. Um, and um, so, yeah, <clears throat> what happened was, was to start with, my sister sent me a bit of money, and I didn't, it, I didn't understand how it all worked. But by the third week. I had, because you've got to make a decision, do I use that on phone credit? Phone credit's are exactly the same. Um, and it was a pay as, you, it's a pay as you go call, which means that if you call someone and you get a voicemail, you're still charged. Mm. Yeah, so it's not like you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you tend not to call people's mobiles because it came your credit. Mm. Um, what I found is like, so yeah, like I it took like I mean it, the process of me acclimatizing was was really really difficult and I remember even calling up my sister and just shouting at her and to be fair she just took it she just took it and so that acclimatization period that steep learning curve how how long did it last um to be honest it it took quite a while so I had so there was a whole thing of acclimatizing to the fact that there was no set date for the court. Um, and also I had become a bit of a victim of a legal team. Like at the end of the day, the legal teams want to drag it out. They want to draw it out for as long as possible um, because, the you know, and, and you know, the, basically they were saying to me for the amount of drugs, you're looking at double figures anyway, so you might as well fight it. Um, but of course, the, you know, the, the, the case was filled with holes. Like the, the drugs were found on me. I was banned to rights. Everything that I said in the interview kind of didn't con was kind of like condoning my behaviour and condoning mm. my guilt. Um, so, like in a hindsight, that was the most obvious thing to do would have been to just go guilty because if you go guilty, you get a reduction in your sentence. If you go mm. to trial and you're found guilty, you're getting extra time. That was never disclosed to me. Do you see what I mean? And you're only given a couple of times to plead guilty and then after that it starts counting against you and 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 you you were guilty yeah 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 so yeah, I'm not... uh, and and the evidence was there yeah so that knowledge would have been quite useful to you wouldn't it because you're not you know but you, i was a you, bit you, i didn't know yeah no, that's right no i'm idea. saying you, you you would have worked it out had you known that you would have worked it out well the guys ironically enough sack um, because what, what happened at the beginning, right? I'm sorry if I'm jumping around. And, no, 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 it's good. And you can just talk, like, if I'm, the problem is, is prison was quite a, a pivotal part, but I also, and don't, because there's so much that we, I've done since, I don't just want to, yeah, and I don't right, want yeah. it to sound like 
like I'm, I'm bitter about it. But I, I really want people to understand because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of play on on what prison people think prison is like. Like the amount of times I hear people saying, "Oh no, you have to go up in front of the judges." Loads of times before you get sent. It's a freaking lie. Um, you can get you, you honestly. I got to like when you're when you're in that gutter, you get to see what people are getting sent in for. And I, there's an easy way of doing it. It's simply like you can ask any man. I'm like most people will let you see their papers. Um, do you know? Besides, obviously, those that have got something to hide. But basically, there's two there's two big problems with prison. Either you're not. I mean, and this happened to me when I. I went, the more I got to understand the prison environment, this is what I got to see. So either you're you're not given long enough, none of the stuff can be, none of the restorative um, change work can actually happen, mm. or you're given too long. And then what happens is people have to acclimatise to that environment. Now, if I put it to you, in my, in, if, 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 if in the run up to my remand, I had been released, because, you know, I was so desperate to get back, I would have cut off my right arm, the, the immediate change would have happened. Mm. Actually, I was given so long that I had no choice but to acclimatise. But the key thing I, I should say to you is, so the list, so I was at High Down Prison for, I think it was about eight weeks, and I sought out the Samaritans, um, I sought them out. I didn't call out a listener to the cell, I sought them out and I put in an application. It turned out, um, so I got sent, I got um, arrested in October, but by Christmas, they'd put this thing out where they're looking for listeners. They'd, I'm not Christmas, I think it was early December. They put the stuff, we'd gotten the leaflets put under the door and it was on the wing thing um, that um, they're, they're looking to recruit more listeners, which is what they call, they call, and I put, I put, I put my name down. There was a lovely lady, this lovely prison officer, um, because what happened was um, I was scared. I was so scared of, of going into the, to the showers. I was refusing to bathe. I was refusing all of that. And what she did, um, I forgot her name now, but what she did is she, um, when the guys went out on exercise, she came around and she said, you know, um, the showers are open. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, the showers are definitely open. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. She's like, no, the showers are open. Um, and then she let me go in there and, and use the showers on my own. You got under that, yeah. So, that so was... it's interesting, isn't it? Because you're, you're. So there is this other side, you know, to certain officers that that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I get, yeah. and I'm guessing that's that's really important for someone like you to see that there's some heart around. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and to be fair, sometimes you have. Of like they're human beings. Sometimes you've got officers, like in the later stage, I got to, you get to understand. So the new officers that come in, they've all got these blue sky thinkers, how much they want to change the world. And as an inmate, you try to get to them before the system breaks them. Is if I'm in the queue for something and the person in front of me kicks off, because then after that, all the other offices shut down, yeah? Um, I remember going to the reception. Reception is where you pick up your mail or anything that's been sent. Um, and the guy in front of me just started calling the race card and I was just like, no, just take me back to the week. Because you know then that officer's gonna 
they're, they're going to take that anger out on you. And I was just like, oh, you freaking idiot. Just keep your mouth shut. Like, well, but he has you're, to Because you're on. next in the queue. Yeah, well, because what happens is you, you can see the emotion. So this guy will kick off. Like in this scenario that I'm remembering, the guy's kick, kicking off because for whatever reason he's not in, he's not entitled to. I mean, let's just be honest. The officers, some of the some of the officers are really hard nosed. Like to say to me, I can have my my batteries, but not my Walkman. Come on, um, and there's nothing because they know there's nothing you can do about it. So anyway, this guy's in front of me. And I, I can't remember if it's a Valentine's Day card, but he's really upset. He wants to see pictures of his children, but he can't. He's he feels powerless, the inmate. So now he's calling the race card with the officer, and now the officer's like trying to. And then next thing you know, they're getting restrained. They're restraining the guy. It never ends well. Any challenge with an officer never ends well. And then I'm going to go up there next and I'm going to say, well, where's my Valentine's Day card? And it's gone, I'm going to get, you see what I mean? So I'm just like, no, just take me back to the wing. I'll come back a couple of days later because then I know I'm not going to get that resistance. Mm. Do you see what I mean? And that, in sure as, sure as hell, I got my stuff and without problems. You mm. just sort of work your way. There's good and bad. And um, there was a lovely officer who, who was French um, she was she was a great lady. She really came in, tried to she wanted to be there for the inmates. But then you get a guy that tries to take it too far, thinks that well, actually this is a female and I can talk to her like on mode. He then touches it inappropriately, and then after that she makes sure she's got like a twenty foot distance with any inmate. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, you can't engage. You see what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. you try to yeah. Do you get what I mean? People, they're human beings. Imagine that. So you only need to get burnt once. And then after that, you're keeping your arms length with anyone, aren't you? Yeah, because I guess they're taking a risk as well, aren't they? They're taking mm. a risk getting um, closer to you. Um, and then, as you say, when somebody either misunderstands that or takes advantage of it, then it ruins it for everyone. Yeah. And you've got some officers that just go in there hell-bent um, and I, for whatever reasons they're racist or they want to use physical force or they've got um, anger to repay on whoever mistreated them when they were growing up and they, you embody the worst sort of person and they take it out on, it, on you. But anyway, let me go back. The reason why that lady sprung to my mind about the showers was is when I, I put in an application for the listeners and then a couple of days later she comes around to me and says why do you want to be with joining the Samaritans for you know like they're care bears you know what I mean <laughs> you just you're just going to end up like you're going to go around and you're going to support a lot of inmates um you, you know and they're going to ask you to bring them back here in in prison it is about tobacco that was the main thing or whatever it is later on that was alcohol sometimes it was drugs all of that stuff, and um, she um, she goes, she goes, oh yeah, um, yeah. So what happened was, yeah. So I filled out the form. I, I said to her, no, I I really think I can do something. She goes, yeah, but the, what happens is in the Samaritans, they they won't train you up until you're convicted, um, because if once you're convicted, then you've got the wealth of your own sentence to to swallow and that can be quite hard and um, but I convinced her 
I convinced her and she said, okay. Then she goes off to the room and then she comes back to my cell later on and she says, look, there's all of these red entries in, in the book with your name right now. I didn't even realise it. Do you remember I was saying to you earlier, there was this guy who, who I told you, the officer, that we, he, would, he said mm. to me, oh, I can kick him in a certain way and drop him off. Basically, it was him. He can, like, so I didn't even know it, but every single time I'd done even the slightest thing wrong, like, so in the, your, your day, you're a very regimented reg, regime in prison. So in the morning, you have to get, like, open the doors. You've got to come out. You've got to go down to the canteen. You'll be given a bowl. And all. every time I was late for that, every time I was late going behind my door, every time I pressed the bell, he put it in there as a red entry. And the problem is, so blue entries are when you do something good. Red entries are when you do something bad. And every single red, like after you get, like, so you start off on, so it's an, what they call, in, it's an enhanced um, it's an enhanced process within prison. So how it starts off is basic. You've got the basic regime when you've got no TV, no nothing. It's just a bare cell. Then you've got normal. Normal's when you're entitled to a TV, but then they're deducting 40p. And then enhanced is when you're on the next stage up where you're allowed um, a little stereo in your cell, plus you've got your TV or web. But the stereo, you still have to pay for. Mm. You know what I mean? And this is the thing, like, that, and you, you, you can you can even have a duvet. <laughs> anyway, so what happened was, she's like, "Well, you can't you can't go for it now. You've got all of these red entries." I'm like, "Well, what can we do?" She said, "Well, I'll start giving you blue entries," and that's what that's. So she helped me understand what I needed to do uh, to survive. One of the officers um, didn't like. So I don't know if you know this, but the head of the prison reform trust. Um, the CEO of that was my old governor. He was from that prison. Basically, one of the officers tried to do me over for something, and then I found myself getting called down to the governor's office. I didn't even realise. He said that I back-chatted a female officer, um, and that, mis- that Mr Dawson had me in, had me in his office. Like, why was I talking to this lady? I didn't even know who she was. you got to remember, I was I'm fish out of freaking water here, I'm trying to understand what's going on. I hadn't even understood what I was supposed to have done. Um, and he just said, "Okay." It, it's, it's such a it's such a different world for you, isn't it? I mean, everything everything operates in a different way to the way it operates outside, and you having to relearn everything. Obedience, relearn freaking yeah, um, humility and obedience. But it's also making me think who you, who you were, because I remember you telling us about um, who who you'd become outside, and 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 I remember you talking about like everything came towards you, and it was and it, it, it was great, and you were living a great life, and it and 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 you had lots of people around you. It just things things were great, and so obviously what you were doing in that environment felt like it was working for you, and presumably that same version of junior in this environment isn't going to work for you. No. And all of my virtues on the outside were going to become massive deficits. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, to cut a long story short, I got the, I got, I went the the listener thing came up. They were saying to me that they weren't um, going to give it to me. And this lovely lady called Cherry with red hair, I pleaded with her, I convinced her. And I said, look, if I get, if I get released at the trial, 
I'll still come and work for the Samaritans anyway. And she looked at me like, and then she looked at me again, and then I saw her tick the thing. And then I trained up to become a, a listener um, in prison. Um, and the, the, the advantage, like, so there's a, they, they showed you the rules of being a listener. It's about confidentiality and all of that stuff. But it's also about trust. Um, and then, yeah, so I just worked at it, worked at it, and was called out quite a lot of times. Um, but what was happening is the first time I was being called out to a cell, like, so what happens is as a listener, you're a trusted source. You can't talk to other inmates. You can only talk to other listeners. Um, the guy calls me up to his cell. Um, so you're on, you're all on lockdown. Yeah. The, the wings on lockdown. The person is feeling suicidal or, or experiencing times of crisis they're supposed to press the bell mm. and then after a while and it takes a little while the officers come around and then oh yeah I want to speak to a listener and then they'll find the nearest listener that's on that wing or the nearest um, listener and then they'll come and get that inmate out lead it to the person's cell and then lock you in that cell the door is really? left open wow. yeah yeah I so, just assumed it was on the phone or something no 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 you're not giving phone you know, you don't have phone call chats with other inmates. Yeah, yeah. They lead you to that cell. So it's it's manpower thing. So actually from the officers, you know, they lead you to that cell. And and at this point, I'm like, you know about the different categories of prison? So, mm. yeah. And then they lock you in that cell. What's supposed to happen is the officer's supposed to wait outside of the cell or on that wing, because if something happens... And then when you're ready to leave, you press the bell and then they come and get you out and then they lead you back to your cell again. So, so you understand this take. So the, guy, the officer's knocked on the door, said there's a guy that's calling out for a listener. Are you working? I'm like, yeah. So, okay. I've gone over to the guy's cell um, and I've gone into this guy's old boy's cell and he's like, you're confidential, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah. And he says, you're not going to talk to anyone else about what I'm telling you about. I'm like, no. And then he's pulled out this freaking stack of letters, of letters. And he goes, I want you to read me my letters. Turns out... Oh, he couldn't guy, read. He couldn't read. And you ah. see, that's it. The deficit, the deficit of being in that place means that... Okay, if he was to get another inmate to do it, guess what they might do? Jot down his partner's details, get that, you know, his girlfriend's yeah. details, um, or he might tell other people on that wing that this guy can't read. Think about the canteen process that I told you about, where you're allowed to order things. He like, yeah. So I read out his letters to him, and then he's saying, "Can you help me write letters back? You want me to help you? Basically, you want me to write the letters for you? Okay." did that then he was saying can you help me with my canteen like so because he's no good at adding up or taking away um now I, I went back to my cell and I was like oh my gosh like because I dropped out of school with nothing I left school without a single GCSE um I remember arguing with my mum so much about um leaving school with nothing my sister was a straight A student um but so I thought, I'm in this situation, and even when I've got nothing, I've got something to give. Mm. But this guy, he went on, he left it a couple of days, but then he went on to tell loads of people 
And then I was getting called out all the time. He, he, what, and what did he tell loads of people? I can be trusted. Yeah, okay. Um, um, I'm the if there's anyone to read letters. I mean, I don't really know. But when I was getting called out, um, they would say, oh, you've spoken to such and such. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Okay, I wasn't the same as him. These and, were and, all... and how did that, that, I imagine, made you feel pretty good because that made you feel as though you had value? No, it didn't make me feel pretty good. I mean, of course, I felt like, yeah, I've got value, but I actually felt like, oh, there's something that needs to be to be done here. Um, I know it sounds really weird. Um, I never knew. I never... I was so busy dealing with my own fears at that point. I had no idea that there was such a real need happening in front of my nose. So basically, what I was seeing, like the whole, the whole oppression, and because there was some violence in prison, nothing directed at me at that point. Um, but it's all because these people are kind of like semi-traumatized. They've got mm. they had situations that happened either before prison or prison is a catalyst. Um, and also, there was a lot of, um, at High Down, because of Gatwick, there was a lot of foreign national prisoners there that didn't understand English. Um, so it was all alien to them. And my gosh, yeah, I started getting called out all the time. Um, and then, so the Samaritans started to ask the questions, like, because there's another way, people that lose their job as a, as a, because what can happen in that process is you could be bullied, People could ask you to pass messages or bring them mm. tobacco or to or to take something out of someone's cell or even to go and harm someone. And the person that I was would not have survived in prison. So the Samaritans wanted to check in on me and make sure like um, I wasn't being abused or, or anything serious like that. And I'll tell you, I don't understand why I... I managed to survive that. Like, you've got no idea. I remember one time we were going out to exercise yard and this guy, like people can just snap. This guy just started climbing the fence and everybody's looking. I mean, it was really crazy. And then when he got to the top, he just slit his throat. Oh. And drops, like a, drops like a freaking stone in front of all of us. Um, I couldn't understand that. Like, why am I here? How have I made it? Anyway, so... Also, to be in this situation, I'm telling this lady, she said, you know what, I've got, a, you know what, I want you to, um, I want, I think you should, I think you should look at this more. What I was, what I, what I was trying to do um, as well is because I didn't want to lean on my sister. I, I went to education department um, and they, because they put you on this education test and it occurred to me that if I go in as the person that I am, which is, okay, I didn't pass any GCSEs, but I could understand English, that I wouldn't actually get on a course. So, you know, they give you the reading test and it says bat, um, dot, 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 um, ball. <laughs> so you failed it. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's actually really hard to, to mess up. <laughs> you know? So I put there. <laughs> I put there instead of and. <laughs> um, I had to get zero and then so yeah they got me on the English course I passed I, 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 because every what happens as well is every time you pass the course you get an extra 50p a, a week so bang how quickly can I pass the course the education department freaking loved me yeah, um, yeah I bet yeah you see what I mean yeah yeah you look good and on they, their stats say, you look good on their stats <laughs> 
Listen, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, let me tell you something. The goodness <laughs> comes back to you. When I got sent down, even though there was no courses left for me to do, the education department still wanted me there. And right, because, okay. Yeah. So rather than what and why? Saying, why do they want you there still? Because, um, and this is what I'm going to tell you. Okay, so I went, I did all the courses. I did like, there was some stuff there as well that I didn't know on road. So on road, we was doing some music promotion. It was, it would cost us loads of money to get even basic um, artistry, like basic flyers made. Um, but when I was in prison, I, I got taught graphic design. Um, a lady taught me how to do it. It started with PowerPoint and I mashed up PowerPoint like you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> and then she taught me Photoshop and I was like freaking it. Like I, and then I started sending flyers out to my, like, oh, oh man, it was crazy. Anyway, so in, in education, I met a guy who was in there for murder. And I was like, listen, there's a situation that we got on. I'm getting called out by a lot by guys he was quite leading you know when you're inside for murder you're um indeterminate prisoner but he was quite well educated and he he's, he's looking through the news you you get this you get guys that are inside the prison system they're just they're just like kind of middle way he knew he was getting moved on soon because he'd been sent down and it was indeterminate but he'd always been reading the papers you know the papers come in he says look there's 10 grand here how about we apply for funding? <laughs> I'm like, you're crazy. He's like, no, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Anyway, he got shipped out. Um, and then a couple of months, I got shipped out to Swellside. We both landed in the same prison. Um, but we applied for the funding and we got it. Yeah, it's and what was crazy. it for? What was it for? We was used it, it. We we used it to set up the toe by toe reading and writing scheme in Swellside, and yeah. to this day it's still running. So we used a model very similar to what I use with SRS now. Trained inmates um, on the toe by toe reading scheme, and they go around to the cells teaching guys how to how to read and write in their and cells. And what 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 proportion? What proportion of people inside can't read or write? Oh, massive. It's at least 80%. Well, at the time oh, when really? we tested it. Whoa, whoa, hang yeah. on, say that again. At least 80% of people have got lower. Um, you can check it out. Prison Reform Trust do research into this. But okay. I think there's massive numbers of um, most of them have got numeracy and literacy below that of an 11-year-old yeah, okay. child. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's massive. It's like you wouldn't believe it. And there's only a couple of pictures that were taken, but one of them was me teaching a guy how to read in a cell. Yeah. Um, okay. Because the what actually happened at Swellside, Swellside is a category B prison, but the education department, they if they were just so like Swellers high down was like, what? If that becomes public, like inmates get their hand, you can imagine it being splashed in the newspapers. <laughs> yeah. Like murderer, drug dealer, ten thousand yeah. pounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm, mm. Um, but um in Swell's side, it was a proud moment for them because um actually they wanted to show that their education department supported and the needs of the prisoners. So they backed us and then the guy got moved on. I never saw him again. So, and uh, I, so I took that over. So so uh, in high down until when? So how long were you in high down? Oh, right. So I was in high down for a year. 
And then, oh my gosh, yeah. So, so you got sent down after nine months, an extra three, yeah, extra three okay. months in high down, then on to Swale side. Yeah, let me tell you about um, what happened. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I know, I know. Um, there's too much to talk about. Don't worry, don't worry. Okay. Let me tell you, so there was a bit I talked about on TEDx, that was 100% true. So a big epiphany as well. So you had you had the Rencello that was in the cell that was crying his eyes out. And there was another guy called Ricky. So after I got into, um, through with the Samaritans and I was getting called, I was getting called out all the time. I started thinking, oh, I've got something I can give back. Um, even with nothing, I've got something I can offer. Um, and I thought, right, if I what the, the one of the things that I always thought is if you can help everyone else, but you can't even help where you are, then that's kind of no point. And there was a guy that was in the cell with us for a little while. His name was Ricky. Um, he was a young white boy. Um, he was inside for assaulting. I can't remember if it was a member of the police or um, a, a, a security guard or something like that. Um, but so he would that but me and him got on all right it was me him and Zach for a little bit until Zach got moved back up to Manchester anyway um so I started thinking like to myself as you do because you're locked up with people for like 22 hours a day so I was like we you, you communicate and sometimes people are quite guarded about what they share and what they don't share mm. And he tells me that actually his assault wasn't anything to do with, well, he didn't like the guy, but he was saying to me that the theft was all to feed his drug habit. He was on the brown um, and him and his girl, lovely girl, um, on and off. Um, but yeah, he like, but what happens in the prison system, you see, is it only treats you for the index offence. So in prison, they're like, boom, so you're in there for, assault right yeah we'll uh, tackle your anger management but because he wasn't being disclosed his um about his addiction um that was being completely overlooked really what this guy needed to be on is a d because the first thing he was saying he's going to do when he gets released because assault wasn't it was the latest than a long line of assaults but it wasn't enough to keep him in time inside for long enough he needed drug treatment um, but then, you see, when it all changed was when he told me that his girlfriend was pregnant. Um, he had a phone call. Um, I've got to tell you what it's like. It doesn't mean a phone, when you don't you don't have folk that some prisons have got phone phones in their cells. But in those days, you had to chew up on the wing. Mm. Um, and his girls told him that she's pregnant. So I'm like, what? how different would my life have been had you know my dad been like you know he was around me he was authoritarian so um I said to him trust me like really trust me I like I, Jay, like, I don't trust them I don't trust the police blah, 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 blah. you know this whole thing about no snitching don't trust the police don't trust the people in authorities and I said like just just trust me if it goes badly wrong then you know you and I you can hate me um what happened was um, he said, "Okay, then." I spoke to the I spoke to that lady, and then next thing I know, he's true to its word. The machine, once it knows what it's doing, it springs to life. Yeah, so they say, "Right, they sent him over." There are prison wings which are drug treatment wings, so they get you on 
the methadone or the subutex, you know, and it's and it's the earned in, in earned incentives work in a different way. The longer mm. you stay clean, the more visits you get, the more entitlements you have. Yeah. So he goes off, and, and I, I forget about when he's even when his end of his time is even due. I'm thinking, yeah, boom, never gonna see him again. And then just before I got shipped out um, to Swellside, he comes in again. And, and it turns out that the subutex that he was supposed to pick up in the community, the prescription hadn't followed him from the prison to the outside. So as a result, he'd gone home. Um, because the doctor wouldn't prescribe him it, he ended up trying to steal some stuff and if basically he followed his girlfriend and she lost the baby. Oh. Yeah. Um, but it hit me so much because it was it's something as small as that yeah. that makes the difference between someone surviving or not. That was the first, the reason why that always sticks in my head, that was the that was the pivotal point when I started looking at what else is going. Then then my gosh, 47 pound discharge grant. Wait a second. So you're given £47 to survive on for three weeks until your benefits kick in. Wow. Like, my God, could you imagine that? Could you imagine, like, any members of our government survive? Like, that sounds like one of those cruise shows, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it let's, does. call it, yeah. Yeah, let's call it meal or no meal. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Gosh. Yeah, £16 oh. a week, isn't it? It's not a lot to survive on. So there, so you start to understand that there are these little moments. That... More than moments. There's big things. Like there's, like what hit me. I remember. I can't remember what exactly I said now. Whether it was, like I think what my mum used to tell me is common sense is just isn't that common. It was as simple uh -huh. as that. Yeah. Like that, that's that is a little moment, isn't it? Really, it's a little moment where where a where a prescription could be passed. If if the if the right procedure is followed, that that well in that instance, a baby may not have been lost. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, I genuinely, I've, I, the more I saw, is the more it uh, it got me sad. Like people be leaving on the Friday, they'll be back in by the Wednesday, and and the more people I spoke, what I started doing as a listener is asking people like, why why are you here? Like. And sometimes, like, these would be guys that have been recalled and it'd be silly stuff. Like, if, if it wasn't a problem with their release, it'd be a problem with probation. One guy um, came out to a job, but the probation didn't give him any travel money, yeah? As a result, he ended up um, walking and having to leave early, got pulled over by the police. And guess what? He's going through an area he's not supposed to go through recall. A guy doesn't make it in time to a probation um, meeting, he gets recalled. A guy that hasn't got any money to um, to buy food, he steals some food, he gets recalled. A guy that goes out, even the guy that lands on a Friday, goes out and has a good party, um, gets into trouble. In the, like, it was just silly stuff. So I'm, um, trying, to, I'm trying to work out what, what's driving you here. Do you... Hey, there, out. I couldn't work out why. Sorry. That's all right. No, it's all right. Sorry. You're back. You're back. So, yes. So w there's something going on and I can't quite work it out. You're, you're all this way, way through. You're, you're not, you're not, 
you haven't gone straight into survival mode by the sounds of it, or, or you maybe you have for a period, but it seems to me quite quickly you're trying to work out how to solve the problems that are in the system because you did that in the cell at Crawley and you're doing it now. You, you, you're, you're looking, you're saying this isn't right, this isn't as good as it could be, this could be better. There's something going on that's driving you to constantly try and solve the problems in the system. <laughs> I know, it's stupid, and I'm the wrong person. Well, um, you're probably the right person because you. But that's the that's the interesting thing because you you are the right person because someone's got to do it and you you were the one that ended up doing it. And I, I, I'm I, I was thinking the same thing as Ray and I was thinking, it sounds like from from an, a surprisingly earliest early stage in in your journey here, you 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 recognised what you saw is that the systems failed me, mm-hmm. that like the the world the world around me has failed me and that doesn't feel right so so i'm almost going to be um a, a crash test dummy here I'll, I'll go through the system try and understand it as much as possible and then figure out how what i can do to to help fix it mm. yeah, can you can you can you relate to that i, I did you know well, when you put it that way i hear you um but from my side of it at, at the time I don't believe in my, in my emotions, like how I'm connecting to it. I, I wouldn't have thought of it like that um, so at the time. Would, yeah, how would you feel about it? It was an absurdity. I wouldn't say like, all oh, right, right, I'm there. Like, yeah, it was an absurdity. And also, if I'm honest with you, maybe there was, I wouldn't have, no, I wouldn't have said at the beginning, but at the end, it was a bit selfish. I felt like if it can happen to, because at the end, what happened was I, I, I was almost at a point of like, unless I have the right things to come out to, I'm not, I'd rather stay inside. That's, Mm. that's basically how it, how it went down. I couldn't come out of prison and be a dependent on, Mm. on my family. I'd rather stay stay inside and that's so when people often say to me like but um you know um who asked me the question about me coming because yeah so I mean at the end I had told my probation officer now I was because I was getting knocked back from so many jobs I told my probation officer now I'm gonna stay inside and he actually said to me who the hell does that who says He'd rather stay. And he said, you've got more than what most people have got. Um, you've got a family that want you back and all of that stuff. But I was like, no way. Unless I'm in a job, um, I'm not doing it. And um, luckily, I mean, I did I did get the job. Um, so you, got a jo- you had a job lined up for your release? Yeah, no, how it worked out was I did a couple of, I did a couple of things that no one else wanted to do. And one of them was, I gave up my, I, for six months, I gave up my freedom from, if they call it giving up freedom. I was in a semi-open prison. Um, I didn't even know this at the time because when you're inside, you don't really get a chance to see what's going on. Um, but there was an opportunity that came up over in Rochester, Young Offenders. The, the reason why no one wanted to take the opportunity was is because in, in an adult semi-open prison, so in the semi-open prison conditions, you're allowed to walk around freely within the grounds. You've still got rules and all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. But in a YOY, there's nothing like it. You're the equivalent of cat- Category B, the equivalent of like where I was in the swell side. In, 
what they wanted to do is have someone go over there and work with the boys um, mm. because there had recently been a riot. But in order to do that, I'd have to give up my freedom and go back into closed conditions. Um, and I honestly thought at the time there's nothing, there's nothing to lose. Um, you know, loads of people were saying it's crazy. Like, who's going to listen to you? Like, like you know, like these kids are today, Jay, you've got no idea. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But ironically enough, I, I got, I went over there um, and I, I was working with the writer in residence um, and it was only supposed to last for a month. Um, but then the prison over there really liked, really, really um, liked, um, really liked me. Um, and um, they it, they extended it for six months. So how, um, how far into prison are you now at this point? I'm at, sorry, this is this is right. This is like in the last last two years. So basically, I got sent down twelve years. Out of those twelve years, I had the the rules at that time was you do two thirds. So I was looking at eight out of the twelve. That was the last real breaking point. I think they were saying that I went a bit catatonic and stuff like that. It was, it was a really hard point. Um, and then um, when I was at Swellside, um, what happened was um, obviously we got the money. We set up the toe-by-toe reading scheme. I continued my journey. I developed. I, I did my A-levels at Swellside, I think. Um, and then it came up for, my case came up for an appeal because they believed that the judge had ruled a bit harshly. Um, and what they did is they judged me on what I'd done. So, yeah, it was this crazy situation where I'm in the Strand and they're talking about what I did um, in the prison system, which is teaching guys how to read and write. And so there were three judges there. I still remember one of them is Lord, Lord Wolf, who's actually quite proactive now around uh, prison reform. But anyway, when I tell you this, right, you wouldn't believe it. Like, so this is how I, this is how you can be a victim of the legal system. So I've gone in. So I'm having a meeting with my brief, and he's. I'm saying to him, listen. At this point, right? So I'd prepared for my case, and I and I'd been sent down. I'd been burnt, and all of that stuff. And now I understand how the legal teams work and what they're in it for. And at this point, I'd understood that like, this, this is a deterrent sentence I've been given. You cannot say that the sentence is too harsh. It's meant to deter people from doing what I did. Yeah? So actually the best grounds you've got is to say, everything I've done once I've been in prison, do that. And I gave him a big massive folder, like the folder was full at that point of certificates of courses that I had done. Now, when you're in, you're in, I'm in the chamber, you're only ever asked for your name and address. And what do I see this brief freaking do? He starts to challenge the judge on the grounds and why it's, an, it's too much of a severe sentence. And I can't say anything because you're not allowed to speak. And then, thank heavens, at the very end, he says, Junior's done all the courses inside. He's passed the folder over. The judges open the folder and they start looking through, like, like seriously. And then they've got the newspaper of, <laughs> of us getting the 10 grand and the toe-by-toe stuff. And they say, right, we're going to adjourn. And I just, I didn't even want to speak to my freaking barrister at that point. I'm thinking, this. I go back upstairs and they knock him back. They say to him, you're saying it's unfair. No, no. No, no, no. And then he goes, 
But, yeah, based on what he's done while he's inside, we're prepared to challenge the original judge's sentence. And then they, what they did was very clever, right? They didn't want to let me off, but they weren't going to make it, they weren't going to make it so harsh. Now, if they, so they could have reduced it by whatever they wanted to do, but what they've done is they brought me under the new threshold. They brought it down to 10, which means I no longer have to do two thirds. I only have to do a half. And that means, yeah. So instead of eight, I only have to do five. And that means at that point, at two years, I'm now halfway through a five year Mm. sentence. So I go literally from being stroke, um, from being a B category prisoner to being in semi-open conditions within six weeks. And, and that, how, but, how, how was that for you? What? How was that move? Did you? Did you? You've got absolutely no. My gosh, I have, uh, Junior, I, Junior, I have no idea. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, the only reason I'm doing this, having this conversation with you, so I have got an idea. So, I jumped for freaking joy. I jumped for freaking joy, but I had no idea. And I'll tell you what madness it was. Um, when they move, like. So they put me like a couple of weeks late. I was happy that that happened. And I remember looking at Judge Wolf, like, cause he looking at me, like he properly looked at me um, because one of the papers I'd written about was I wanted to set up a magazine that was sort of like, like being challenged. Ironically, it's quite foretelling. I don't even know if I've got it here in the room with me cause I still carry that around. But one of the papers that I wrote was called a reality check and it was it was it was talking about the judicial system even back then seriously no honestly it's right here somewhere in my like in the shed in here um as well as all my art stuff but um what I so he looked at me like he really looked at me like um I hope you you go on to do something positive um, and that, that seriously, no, absolutely mashed up the game. But here's what was crazy. Did you ever, when, did you ever, did you ever get back in t- contact with him and sort of say? I came I, across Judge Wolf. Yeah, I've done loads of stuff with. Um, I've trained. Um, 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 but he, when I saw him, and I, I said to him, "No, you, you really helped me." He, he's met so many offenders. He had yeah. no idea. No, but, of course, yeah. But Lord Ramsbotham, who was also on that panel. Um, that me and him became quite good friends now. Um, yeah. Obviously not back then. Oh, um, no. But here's what was crazy about it. They, you know, six months later, they moved me to um, a semi-open prison and I couldn't handle it. The first day I actually wanted to go back. I couldn't. Yeah, I remember going down to the medical centre and they'll say, oh, no, we've put an appointment in for your... Um, the appointments are half four and I'm like where's half four like like where is it before bang up no like they gave the in, in a semi-open conditions you're given the key to your own cell I lost my key I lost the key I got in a lot of trouble and this was all we've been being there a couple of hours because why would I have a key why would I do you know what I mean it yeah. was really weird. I said, no, send me back. Then they sent me down to the probation officer and he had he happened to have a fantastic little dog down there because he was a disabled probation guy. Um, and he said, go take my dog, <laughs> go take my dog for a walk. And as he said it, the dog went off 
like he's done this loads of times before, came back with a lead in his mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, take the dog for a walk. He's like, yeah, just take it for a walk. And then when I took the dog for a walk, like loads of people were talking to me and then I felt, I, I felt okay. But no, I got in so much trouble all within an hour or so. I lost the key to myself. Uh, what's, what going, what's, going, what's going on what's going on in your head at that moment so there's all this relative freedom yes yeah, and, and, and that's scary because you don't there's no there's no structure no 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 and and that that you know you, you're feeling that going from a standard prison to an open prison going from a standard prison and being released is a whole nother level, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and so, yeah, yeah. so uh, do people go back to their habits that w w when they're released, are they just going back to their previous incarnation because mm. that's where they feel comfortable, or are they just because a lot of people, you know, I, I went, I went into Lewis Prison few years ago and 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 the guy was i can't remember but he was a walder of some description and said oh this is where our season ticket holders are because people get released and they just they they come back they bounce yeah. back yeah this is the thing like when you're connected with that human condition uh, you realize that that it is a revolving door and if it if it's not one thing it's another that's what what was that's what hit me really hard because you've it's you know it's not so yeah you have got some people that are just like do you released um even when I was released I was released in prison miles away from where I, I live there's there's no it's people have got the whole idea you don't get magically released from a prison close to where you are um that's not how it goes down and you don't get you don't come back and everything's in place actually you've got loads of obstacles against you. Um, you know, even, and what was surprising me, what really got me was the guys that I came across, the ones that were crying and really upset, or the guys that I got to know, they did not want to come back. They absolutely did not want to come back. So why were they back? And I'm not just saying it's, it's, it's not saying it's a prison failure, but it's a systemic failure. It's a systemic failure. It's a failure that we have that actually they're either not given enough um, or there isn't enough things in place. Mm. Um, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Like, yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand it. Yeah, when you look at the behaviour, some pe people will go back to doing what they know. If yeah, that, you yeah. see, yeah. Because if yeah. It's, whatever it is, it feels comfortable. It's just what they know. It's think about, I think about it. I came back, I had my sister, I had a roof over my head, I had a job. Like there's so many clients that don't have like the people yeah. we work with that don't have that. And wait a second now, like I've I've seen it with my with people that I've worked with. Like you know what? I learned a really hard lesson when I started doing the work with the young people. I I, I was travelling on. I'm gonna say I was travelling on black man time, and I arrived at the prison <laughs> ten minutes late. And guess what? The kid weren't there. Why? Because mum ain't got a roof over his head. He called up one of his brethren and said, oh, fam, listen, can you help me out? I just need a roof over my head to just get 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 just get my, my head back in again. Yeah, sure, come on in. I said the spider to the fly. 
And that's yeah. exactly what's going to happen. I had to track that kid down in London and find out where he was going and get his... Because that guy hadn't said, no, you've got probation appointments. You, you know what I mean? That would have been a recall by itself. In that yeah. first, in that day I was released, I had, you know, you've got a list of appointments and there's not enough time to do them all, you know what I mean? But you have to do them. Um, anyway, oh. yeah. How, how, how did, let, let's, um, let's fast forward a bit to the, the, the moment that you get released, what you're going to, who you've become at that point and what you think the world looks like for you. Yeah, um... I'm coming back to my family, my sister, although I know I'm sleeping on the sofa until she gets rid yeah. of the lodger out of my room. But that's still a lot better than the hard bed I've been sleeping on. Um, what's the world I'm coming back to? It's changed. It's dramatically changed. So, how, so sorry, how, how long, when did you get released? After how many years? 2006, so five years behind the door. Five years, okay, and it's changed. It's changed a lot in that time. Oh okay. gosh, yeah. Like, so my day was text messages. Now it's BlackBerry Messenger. My day, you didn't um, phones didn't take uh, 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 photos. Um, they do now. You've got you've got a whole range of things like the internet. I'm coming back to the same area with yeah. the same associates around but I'm inherently different. I've got a job, which is positive, but I've also got, um, I've also got a load of things that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not aware of. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm at this, a person I am now is far from bravado sort of thing. Very conscientious. I've, I've got another thing as well is that my, um, my introvert, Nate, you know, like, yeah, let me tell you something yeah yeah like it was crazy you know like if you imagine at the beginning um of my sentence I was scared of going into the showers by mm. the end by the end of it guys guys were moving out of the way so I can use the shower I don't mean that in a use of force like I for some reason I was just I was it was crazy I remember once um my sister saying to me, what are you having to eat? You know what the guys have done on, on the wing? So I was in, I was in swell side and I talked at that point. So what had happened was the toe by toe thing I'd done, it like respect breeds respect. And mm. so there were Jamaican mans on the wing that had take like, no, no, Jay's all right, taking me under their wing. So they acted as a, as a, as a force field. I never like, none of the stuff actually ever happened to me that when things used to kick off it kicked off around me but not me um guys guys one guy came i was really sick um i got a cold and um the guys came up to my cell because in swell side it's it's a b category then he knocked on the door and i hope you don't mind jay i've made you some soup i heard you coughing on the landing that's how you know what I mean? the guys are looking after i know he made me some in prison <laughs> one day i'm talking to my sister and um, she said to me at this point i was at the at the open conditions thing she said what are you having to eat because this is what you know and the guy had made me rice and peas and chicken <laughs> <laughs> and my I mean, sister said my gosh you're eating better than me and this is all done 
kind of guys are doing it on there. Of course, there was some wankers. I remember some guy trying to bring some ro- gang road mentality um, to me. I mean, it wasn't like I didn't have... There was a few situations. One guy, I mean, another currency. and I mean, you kind of drift in and out of all sorts of currency in that sort of place. One guy tried to hold me to account over something. And then, luck, I honestly thought my time was up. And then it turned out one guy that I'd been um, supporting over in High Down Prison got moved into that prison. And when this guy came for me, this guy just walked straight in between us and looked at the guy and said, what? You know what I mean? And then the guy ran. He wanted because I was obviously a lot more skinnier and whatever else. But this guy was from Yard. He was built. And he just, yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, it's a... Oh, it's such it's such a transformation isn't it, it, it yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah i mean the, the shower you know is a great sort of metaphor for it all you know you're, <laughs> you know, you're, you're you're scared you're scared to go in there and then you know by the end people are sort of getting out of their way for you and not scared not out of fear but no 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 no, no but you were scared yeah. yeah you were scared yeah it's just you know absolutely so you were scared and then you were being respected and but something something quite well, look, I, I'm still trying to get a handle on what it is that is changed in your psyche, because it it it's it, some you you found something you you found it, it seems to me you found some purpose, and that purpose, which has helped you individually has then started to have all these knock-on effects where you're helping other people who then give you respect, who, you know, make you, you know, rice and peas and chicken, you know, and soup. And it's it's such a big thing. But you, you've, you've sort of, you haven't, I don't know who you've done it for first. Have you done it for you or have you done it for other people or is it not that way? It's just a bit of both and... I think, you know what, um, the one thing that I can honestly say that I took away from it was that there's many different ways that you can live your life, but a life of giving is, is far more valuable than a life of taking. If there, mm. was, if there was one key thing I could honestly say between then and, 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 and the person I became was more like, it was more about, it was because there was nothing that I could gain from something. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? You if only you had, had the choice to give. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was no, there was no, there was going to be no, nothing to be gained by, um, there was going to be nothing to be gained by having something um, out of it for yourself. Um, it, yeah, there was nothing to be gained to be having something. I don't ever remember doing anything, but it also wasn't, it also wasn't completely selfless. Sometimes I was doing stuff because literally I was scared of what would happen to me in that kind of situation. But I th- mm. do you see what I mean? Like, yeah, so, yeah. so it's, it, seem, it seems I, I'm sort of in my head right now, I'm breaking it down to, into three categories. You, you've either, you've got those people who probably don't know any other way and all they're doing is trying to take, even though there's, mm. not, much, there's not much to take, but they're still trying to take which is possibly, you know, a hangover from their previous life outside. So they're taking. And then you've got people who are surviving, just trying to get by. 
And then you've got people who are giving. Um, and do you know what? That's probably no different to what goes on outside. There are people who take, there are people who survive, and there are people who give. And, and sometimes we're all of those things. Mm. Um, yeah. it, sound, it sounds like, so on, on this point around taking and then giving, that pre-prison you, you were in a mode of taking. And, and, and I think what we explored last time is how understandable that was given the circumstances that had, that had happened around you. And then you get into prison and actually it sounds like what, what's happened is you've moved gradually but you but you've you've moved from a place of taking to a place of giving mm. and maybe the more that you've done that the more you've recognized that that's that's actually working quite well for you especially especially in that environment you know for you and for the other people and then on, on a, a more sort of macro level um and in terms of how that environment is for you you know how you'll survive beyond surviving there because people are looking out for you and mm. you kind of you're getting on with it as you as you then go to the to the outside you get released and you're into a job and you're back in living with your sister do you do you remember like were you were you developing that part of junior even more so then so were you you know was it almost that that had become a bit of a foundation to a new version of you yeah i, I wouldn't I, I don't know if i'd if i'd say it like that i'd say um for me um the situation came up with the situation came up where there was a job. I was I was really fortunate that the head of the education department had connected me with uh, St Giles, which was a charity. Um, they'd had the funding. Um, I sat the interview, and it was literally everything was riding on. I just felt so much was riding on, 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 because if I could get a job, then that would mean that I'd have something that many of the people I'd supported with didn't have. Mm. Um, but what I was determined to do is I, I remember saying like to myself loads of times, at the end of the day, here's the deal. I'm going to give this thing everything. And then at the end of the day, if it fails, at least I can say I gave it my best shot. Um, I was going to be working with some of the most challenging, disadvantaged, vulnerable people. But the advantage was I had done that in the last year and I'd perhaps been doing it through the time I was mm. inside so I was just determined to give it everything and um, I worked really hard the first year I took not one day of leave at all um, and there was no re-offending none and then suddenly I just remember like, like that there, there was a lot of critics there were loads of you wouldn't believe it there were meetings I'd gone to they didn't realize it was me and um, but they were saying oh have you had a you heard of St Giles's new idea, they're going to take this ex-gang member, not just anyone, the, the person from Southwark, and he's going to be back here working with the people that we, we, we're trying to... I remember... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember sitting across the table um, and this, this person from this organisation was telling me all of the negatives of the person I was working with, and I'm just saying all of the positives of this person and then and then like they're just looking at me and I'm like so I said are you saying that this person doesn't deserve a second chance no that's not what I'm saying blah 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 and it was just silence and you know what six months later they told me you know what you're absolutely right you know like 
yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted a chance. I just wanted to, there were so many things that I could have done um, when I came back. I just wanted a chance to do something. And I, I wanted to do what I, I kept saying in my head, I want to do something properly. I want to do something um, and just give it 100%. And it, it paid off. It absolutely paid and that, off. That- that job, Junior. So that that job when it when it first started, it was some form of rehabilitation service, was it? No. So SOS. Um, how it worked was so this is how crazy it was. You know, I was saying that I went to that open prison to support those guys. Yeah. I, so the the reason why the prison didn't want to let me go was because at, even to this day, I think only two or maybe three of them have been recalled um, and back to prison. And what happened was. Um, that was that was massive. Um, that brought me to the head of attention of NOMS, um, National Offender Management Service. So she, her, and my edu- that, so there were a load of people that were in my corner when St. St. Giles got the money for the for the project for setting up a project. Now, how it worked was is that um, the idea was really radical. It was to have an ex-offender go back in and mentor guys in prison six months mm. before their release. But those prisons that I'd worked in, like including my own, they were eager to have me back in. So they gave me a starting point. Loads of people thought the project wasn't going to work because who's going to take support from an ex-offender? Well, when I went into Rochester, they put me in there in a room with hundreds of their worst. And I couldn't lie. I can only tell them about the project. Um, but everyone put their hand up. Everyone put their hand up that they wanted the service. Um, because they all knew that if, in like, you know, now they get a chance to get supported by somebody who knows what the reality is, um, that it was going to help them break that cycle. Um, so yeah, that was the start. And then um, gradually as time went on, obviously funding and priorities in government have changed. Now SOS is more community based and I was able to grow that project. The project started with me for year one. At the end of year two, we had two workers. And then as you know, year, year three, it was four, then eight, then 16, all the way up to now 40. Um, for, but the whole idea was using trained ex-offenders so I know people you might not get what I'm saying but there is a there is a method to my madness see what I did was I replicated the project of the toe by toe and the Samaritans I just used what I saw was working and I used some of my personal motivations as well so I know that ex-offenders in society are are walking around with the mark of Cain most ex-offenders we know like what's crazy is even by nom's own admission um having a job having a stable income reduces um offending and re-offending but yet still we still live in a society that turns its back on people that have made mistakes yeah um, mm. so the whole idea with sos is common sense actually let's have a place where not just any ex-offenders but specially trained Specially selected ex-offenders can have a chance of employment. Um, 
And that was that's the whole plan. And what was mad about it, what I couldn't believe, is at the beginning, people were jumping on me saying, oh, no, you can't you can't discriminate against people without criminal records. I'm like, yeah, but hang on a second. In society, you can discriminate against people with criminal convictions, but you can't do it the other way around. But when you think about it, it makes common sense. If we were talking about a rape service you'd say well absolutely you should have support workers that have had first-hand experience because they know what the reality is but with ex-offenders no 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 everything's a risk averse thing um but we we broke the mold we showed that it can work and it does work and it's cost effect not only that it's cost effective and um my workers um my workers put in put in more hours than than the, than the person without um, criminal convictions because they've got they've, they know they've got more to lose well my, 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 you know my I don't know what everybody else's definition of a mentor is but as far as I'm concerned a mentor is someone who's been there done it has experienced it and that's the mm. value of having a mentor because they've actually been there and if you haven't actually been there it's it's very very different <laughs> you, you know yeah. you can't learn about being in prison from a book mm. You know, it, it really isn't possible. So it's the only way to do it. And I, I just, when I hear you, I, I, what I think you are is uh, an amazing advert for change. You know, if people don't believe that people can change, they need to listen to your story. Um, because and, and, you know, uh, because what what not, not only have you changed yourself, but you've taken the fact that you have changed yourself, and you're trying to scale that. You're trying to make sure that people benefit from changing themselves. And when you, when you stand in front of that room and there's a did you say a hundred people in that in that yeah room? yeah, yeah. And, you know and a hundred hands went up. It, if if you people want to change. Mm. Plus the change is really fucking hard. It you know it really is a very difficult thing to do, um, if you've never done it before. But once you start that journey of making small changes, it does become easier. Mm. It seems to me, you know, that in my experience and 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 listening to your story, it seems the same as well. It you know it really is so very very possible but you've you've just got to take a bit of a risk you've got to take a gamble you've got to it's obviously easy when you've got nothing to lose um but you know whatever situation in we i think we probably always feel there is something more to lose um but it's it's such um I was, I was thinking a question earlier actually and and i didn't want to interrupt but you're in your work that you do now Success, you know, in terms of the numbers, in terms of you know the key performance indicators, what you know, what's what's success for you when you're working with somebody and they don't end up back in prison, or what what is it? You know what? I wish I could say that there was a level of success for me. Um, I got really disheartened. I think it was not Christmas gone, the Christmas before. No, it was last year. Because just I wanted to then the, the numbers of serious serious youth violence that's happening is just it's unprecedented. Um 
it's uh, like so last year it was 150. I know they always say 149, but the youngest was actually mm. five days old. Um, and it was really depressing for me. It's worse now than when I started. I mean, and I developed. I mean, SOS was great, but SOS Plus was was there was that because SOS Plus got started from nothing. But back when I started SOS Plus, um, we was it was only like fifty or sixty two deaths in that year. So I got really depressed. I think I think the thing that I found with me is that I'm I'm really hard to satisfy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not ever. I know people sort of say, "Well, oh no, that like, well done, oh no, you've made it." Like I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm more hungrier now than I've ever been, and the only thing that makes me kind of sad is that I, I haven't got enough. You know, I've been around the block a few times. I'd love to run more, a hundred more laps on this stuff. But there's so much that needs to be changed. Even now, looking at the world, like we're in a situation where people should be leaning together. Um, you know, we've, my gosh, we've got a virus out there that's taking lives indiscriminately. Um, and you do see, um, like, so much good. Um, but actually, just recently, people have been more divisive and more distant. Um, and it's just it's just devastating. There's so much more that we have to do. Um, yeah, and, and, I, and I hope, I, you know, selfishly, you know, I think probably we all hope that you still continue to have that that hunger because it, you know it seems to me that that when you put your energies into something stuff happens stuff changes <laughs> better but but on the other hand that's really hard for you isn't it because yeah, you know true. having that that constant feeling that you're never achieving enough is you know you've got to try and find a balance for that haven't you you you've got you've got a, and you maybe you will now you're a dad now um and uh, and maybe you'll start to um you know, find a part of what you need in in being a dad and, and and being a family and all of that, and that that'll get that'll give you another side to your your personality, which you know hopefully isn't so um, draining. <laughs> Junior, beyond beyond the 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 success of of SOS and SOS Plus, and um, and and what you're getting from seeing these young guys um, take a different path and the fulfillment that you're getting from that. What What's driving you be, to, around education? And because you, you, you went on, you did your master's and you're now doing a PhD. Is that right? Mm. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just kind of intrigued about that. Yeah. What, 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 what's that in aid of? And, and what, what, what's, the, what's in your kind of, vision for what you hope to become yeah can i just say right i never actually wanted to do the degree <laughs> i didn't want to do the degree i was doing lots of courses at level three and then level four and uh, the guy that got me through my youth work uh course said oh no no and they're, um, they're doing a degree in youth work i didn't want to do it that night i nearly talked myself out of it um, and um, you know what, my partner at the time, she was sort of like, no, no, no matter what the problems will get through. And the thing is, I wish it was, a, yeah, I was a kid that dropped out of school with nothing. Um, the first year of that, that degree was a struggle, but then I'll tell you what happened, right? Um, um, 
my tutor, she said to me, um, I love the way your mind works. Like you're, you're brilliant. You're absolutely brilliant. You know what? No teacher ever said that to me. I remember actually at school, a teacher saying that I was going to fail. Um, and I remember like, like my energy just went out of it. And when she said, oh my gosh, you're brilliant. I think at one point later on, we did have a giggle. She said, you're like the rain man, how you think about all of this stuff. But I had a mentor, I had a, I had a lady um, and she showed me how, and so she was really cool. She, um, we had a meeting with my tutor and what I learned from her was the power of the question. The question changes everything. She said to my tutor, like she, like honestly, she talked to my tutor like a parent would do over her children. She said, "Where is Junior missing out on the grades? Like, what does he need to do to get his grades?" But I never forget it. Um, and yeah, the t- the tutor said, "No, he's brilliant. I love it when he thinks outside of the box. It's all to do with his references and his bibliography." But this lady spent the whole summer with me helping me perfect my bibliography and my references and then after that you see every don't know whether it was her or the two other every single grade was a first and I'm telling you I knew when I submitted something whether it was going to be a first class or not um and it continued it was just mad um so yeah how what's the what's the story with that I think the degree was for the young people um, the MA was for my mum and the PhD will be for myself. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, this lady was saying to me, because uh, I remember being at this meeting and she was saying to me, this was before I even decided to do all this stuff. She said, oh, even like, I hear what you're saying, Mr. Smart, but no, you, you're just another ex-offender with an axe to grind. Um, and it's like, just wrote me off. And I think the problem is, is, like, so now when you've got the, unfortunately, as even in, in this world, but especially as an ex-offender, you need to swap one title for another. Mm. Um, the thing with the titles is when people realise that, actually they realise, okay, now you're serious. You know, like you're, even today I was on the phone to my professor and he said, well, I'm about to turn 60. I'm ready to pass the baton on to someone like you. And I'm like, well, I'm not that I'm not 60, but I'm not, you know what I mean? <laughs> what about, what about the, the OBE? What, so how did that come about and and how does it make you feel? Oh man, I'm, I'm blown, I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away. You know what, who's supposed to, you're not, I don't know about, I don't know about all the, some of these people that kind of, they, they idolise these OBE things, you know. I remember even a couple of celebrities getting angry because they don't get one. But I, honestly, yeah. I was thinking, like, am I supposed to get something that I'm supposed to be doing? Are you not, as a, as, as a member of society, supposed to be contributing something back? So, and it wasn't, you know, it was just amazing to get to, to, to be told Um it was just mind blowing, and all I could do is just think of like how fortunate I am, and how lucky I am, and how blessed I am, and and also, um, I just hope that it just sent out a message to um to everybody who's trying to make changes or trying trying to give something back, um, and that you know just hoping that it, you know, yeah, yeah, you just couldn't. It's it's a mind blown thing. Who did, you take, be, who did you take to the palace with you? 
it still actually hasn't happened yet. Oh, right. No, it was, oh. I mean, we were supposed to go the day, like they, they sent me the invitation, but it was the day the baby was due. Oh, um, right. And then um, what actually happened was they said, um, okay, they gave me, I got given this number, one of those weird ones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it went on your phone as yeah. the queen um um and then sort of like but then lockdown happened but then i'll show you what happened in here if i showed you if I, i'll show you something hang on this, this, you know, I, I, who, who's going to describe this to our to our listeners here neil you're gonna have to describe this junior's just got up from his red yeah. chair and he's gone that across red chair, red shed. have a look look Quite at this distinctive red chair isn't it <laughs> have a look at this can you see it yeah so it's um oh look at that so it actually says junior smart obe does it yeah so and it's uh yeah so i got a call uh, i got a call from dhl saying to come and pick i was like what what's this (laughs) um got there signs for it um and look at it i'll show you what it is it's amazing so she hasn't sent through the medal but this is the actual what they call it this is the investiture this is the piece of look there's her signature and it's got oh wow yeah 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 like this so junior's actually just taken out so it's a cardboard tube and he's taken this uh amazing looking document that's got the queen's signature and her husband philip's one at the bottom oh look at that (laughs) philip's at the bottom that's the best thing ever cool it's amazing not yeah not bad for somebody who doesn't know the difference between and and the (laughs) but um what i thought was lovely about it is um is obviously um she just i know that they did that one for that um elderly gentleman who raised loads of for the money for the nhs captain tom yeah but um and i know she but she's still handing out like she did her birthday honors one as well and apparently this is how she's doing it until they till they actually can do it properly in person. But I love I, I love the fact that she's not she's not held up by the virus. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? I couldn't believe it. It's just like wow. You know what I mean? Sorry, I'm just being all gushy. And the magic thing no, about it is this so I called up my family um because I wasn't sure whether the right thing to do would be to take it or not. But ironically, my sister, she's like, listen, when people are ready, they're ready enough to bring out all your past in a negative way. This is something that's positive. So, yeah, most definitely I had to I had to accept it. Because I was at the beginning, I was like, why is it me? Like, I'm not one of those people. And then I even felt, because like, my mum was a nurse. She she brought so many children into the world, and it, it really she she left this world without one of these. So my life yeah. isn't enriched by it. But what this is good for is the family name, and I think it's great that um, from where I came from and how badly I messed up. What was good? It was good for the family. Yeah, yeah. it was good for the family to have like to have that as the name, like you know, in yeah, to yeah, be yeah. recognised in that kind of way yeah maybe maybe just to, to close up um I, i'm i'm really intrigued about how it i'm i sense that there is a, a much deeper philosophy around life and and um maybe even something that borders spirituality in you now uh, the, some of the things that you've said that show up gratitude in particular and how fortunate you are 
And I just wonder, um, this is a very open question, but but how do you think about that today? How do I think about what? About about you and your life's purpose and and why you're here. There we go. Reconnecting, it's saying. Hello? You're back. You're yeah, back. You're sorry. Back. Did you catch no, that? No, I didn't. <laughs> Can you repeat? So so around around you and your life's purpose and, and why you're here, how, how do you think about that? Wow. Well, um, what do you mean? Spiritually? Hmm. I'll, I'll really pick up on this, there's this there's so much that you are that you show that you're grateful for when it, it a lot of other people wouldn't show that they're grateful for those things yeah. so there's there's some sort there's some sort of shift or change that's happened in you around um like like being being so overwhelmed by the kindness and the positivity mm-hmm. and, and maybe not seeing so much that You've earned it. You've done the work, and 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 your story's profound. I don't think I'd, I'd, I. mean, I can't say oh, I've earned it. I think um, and, you know, you. I'm just trying. I'm just on a hundred percent. Just trying to be the best that I can be, and try and give something back, um, and trying to um, just trying to trying to trying to to be something greater, um. I am I am Christian, you know, I've got I have got my faith and I'll be honest, Nancy, the ironic thing is this cross has been with me since I've been in prison. This was given to me mm. by a priest that's actually still a good friend to mine of mine now. Um but yeah, like it's I wish I could you see at every stage I can't say it was easy. All I can say is it's like um yeah. There's something about there's something about um, be, there's something about being um, being something more. Yeah, there's something about yeah, a, better, a better version of yourself. Is I think yeah, but it's not just doing it for yourself. It's doing it for no, it's, it's a, better, it. a better version of yourself. That and that that's yeah. for, for you. It's for I mean, I, yeah. I mean, if you're a better version of yourself. You know, in you're going to be a better version for you and others. Can I just say something as well? Like, even like I don't know if you've if you've caught and done yet, but I'm the person that learns the slowest. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one where the coin goes in the machine and it takes a little while to trickle back. Like, so you know, it took me to the end, like halfway through my first year at uni, to actually realise the seriousness of it. Sometimes I learn really so, but my gosh, when I learn, like, or when I get burnt in such a way, like, that is it. It's showtime. Yeah. It is yeah. really showtime. It's okay. Like, what I learned in my life is it's okay to F things up. Like, in fact, embrace failure. Like, people always mm. comment on the stuff that I do well, but, like, no one comments on the amount of times I fell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, my gosh, like when I've got it, I, I, I absolutely get it. And I, and I actually will actively run away from the things that are not conducive to where I want to be. Let me tell you something. Can I just share with you something real important? Yeah, yeah? So you can see my wrist here. Yeah, you've got all of the rubber, but like these are all, 
different uh, families that I've helped support. Um, um, so you've got the David Idaru Foundation. Her her boys is still the third youngest person to be murdered on the streets of London. You've got this lady who set up the Breck Foundation. Jodie Chesney, I've worked quite close with her family um, after she was murdered. Robert Knox, we were doing school sessions together. Why do you think this is all on my hands? I'll tell you. So in um, I was coming back to the same area with the same associates, yeah? And I realised very quickly that if I weren't grounded, then I was going to be on, on drift control. It just so happened to be, this would usually be the hand where I'd wear, well, in, in my previous life, I'd wear a lot of jewellery on, yeah, like to flash it off. But I needed to connect myself to something really real, because if I didn't, then I was going to be all over the place. Mm. And, and I'll prove it to you. There's, so ironically enough, in two, was it 2007 or 2000? Was it 2007 or 2008? I got the Hero of South London Awards and it was given to me by Damalola Taylor's dad. And you can see, like, it was a complete surprise, this big, like, like award ceremony. But you look, you will not find a single picture of me smiling anywhere online. And the reason was there was something very, very final about being told by a father of a young kid who'd been murdered that you're really important, that you're going to change the world. I honestly think so much, my gosh, so much can happen when people believe in them, when people believe in them. But equally, a lot is what, what happens when people believe in you and you believe in yourself. And um, there was something very final about that moment. I honestly knew there was no way, even if I really like got desperate that I could ever go back to where I was because so many people were looking at me as the person that mm. was gonna gonna yeah. make things better and so this is my way of connecting so much so that my partner she's bought me some chops <laughs> she's bought me some gold um for this hand and it's she's it's staying in a drawer <laughs> it's staying in the drawer and I said she said to me well I can take it back to the jewelers I said no babe yeah. <laughs> leave it where it is <laughs> leave it where it is it's a good reminder but yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wear it but that's what I mean that's how that's how that's kind of like where my mindset was and I hate when people say to me like anything that sounds anything like what I heard in that car RJ or this or that no I don't want to hear that I don't want to know where the grass is green. I want to know where the grass is green is because I know my own weaknesses are that I can get complacent. Um, you know, at the moment, my weaknesses occasionally I, I've got so many balls in the air, like most people, I drop them. But I don't ever want to get full of myself like I used to, mm. you know. Huh. Fair yeah, play, Junior. It's been a it's been a whirlwind. Really enjoyed the conversation, Junior. Really enjoyed it. And uh where do um where do people find out more about what you're up to and um and what and what's coming next? Oh wow, thank you. Um right, so St. Giles Trust, if you want to find out about the projects, the amazing work that we're doing at the charity, St. Giles Trust, which is www.stgilestrust.org.uk. And if you want to find out more about me, um I've got my own company, which is smart tc and so that's www.smarttc.co.uk 
www.thepodcast.co.uk. Lovely. Thanks, Junior. Thank you so Thanks, much. Cheers, Junior. Thanks, guys. That's it, folks. For show notes, head over to the website at www.lifedonedifferent.ly where you'll find links, a quick summary, and you can also explore other conversations. If you're enjoying this podcast, then please tell your friends, give us a good rating, and remember to subscribe. We're also really keen to hear your feedback, so please do let us know what you think and give us your ideas over on Twitter. You can tweet us at Life Done Diff, that's double F.